Getting into real estate now, though, is the most amazing opportunity you could do because not only are you buying something now that you're guaranteed your rents are going to increase just by market forces, but also all of your debt repayment on your mortgage is paid with cheaper dollars because you're going to be paying them back with future inflated dollars from the bigger rents. So there's nothing you could do that's a better investment right now because your rents are going to go up and the money that you're using to pay off the asset that you bought is going to be cheaper. You're listening to the Expertish podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? Okay, welcome to this week's episode of Expertish Podcast. And today we have our guest, Scott Smith. Scott, how are you doing today? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to come on with us. Scott, uh, can you tell us just real quickly, just a little bit about what you do, both as an investor and on the legal side with your company? Yeah, so uh, I'm a real estate investor and an attorney. And I got into um, real estate investing actually when I was in law school and I bought a transmission and auto repair shop and flipped that to graduate from law school without any debt. And then as working as a litigation attorney and suing insurance companies after I graduated from law school, I continued to invest in real estate and then realized I was making more money from real estate than I was being a lawyer. So I did that full time, accomplished my financial freedom through real estate investing. And all the people and uh, my colleagues and like my meetup groups and, and other investors, I knew say, well, hey, Scott, what are you doing for your uh, your entity structuring, your asset protection, your estate planning, your tax, your bookkeeping, all of those operational concerns. And and they asked me if they could help me with it. So, hey, you know, ha- happy to help you, you know, show you what I did, you know, into it. And uh, pretty soon um, had, a, had a law firm that kind of like by accident to be able to help people do things. Uh, the things that I had to figure out for myself. And fast forward, you know, we end up with a company called Royal Legal Solutions. We got 25 employees, help around 2,000 investors in all 50 states and every kind of asset class uh, in real estate with the mission to help people accomplish financial freedom through real estate investing so they can go live amazing lives. And uh, that's what we, uh, that's what we do now. It's pretty amazing. And it's awesome that that company spurred from just what you wanted to do, you know, the investing side and stuff, and you became really good at something. And then we're able to tag back into the legal side. And just great. I just I just find that so many times it's weird through this. I've talked to so many people who have just gone to do what they really wanted to do and been successful at that. And then something other great comes from it you know, it just kind of comes full circle back to something that wasn't even intended outcome. So I I just really like the way that happens so often when people truly follow what they want to do. Yeah, I think so. Right. And because it's like, you know, if you have to solve the problem for yourself, it's usually a pretty hard problem that Mm -hmm. nobody else has really solved. Right. Because if you could pay somebody else to solve the problem for you, it's almost always better to do that. Right. Yeah. And so that's why that's why I created Royal Legal. I mean, that's what it turned out to be. It's just a one-stop shop. And with the idea of being that like, hey, what do you really want as an investor? Well, as an investor, you really want to just be making money, as much money as you possibly can, and then have all of the other issues in your life either done by somebody else or coached on exactly what it is you need to do so you don't make mistakes, you don't have to go back, you don't have to rebuild anything. It's just done right the first time. Right. And and that's what the premise of what we do and partnering with people on that. Because I think we're pretty unique in the sense that we come with a strong investor background of like, how does the money happen, right? But then it's all the operational side. And when you combine those two things together, that's the whole business, right? That's the full gamut. And uh, I think that's what's unique about what we do in a one-stop shop. 
Yeah, that's, that is awesome because I, I do know even in my own processes or whenever I'm looking for answers to certain things, it's not usually the first person I go to, you know, it might take you a couple people deep to get to what your actual, you know, the, the answer for what you're actually asking and to have a kind of a full system to be able to go to that one person. And yeah, you may not even be asking the right question at first, but you'll be able to get to it and get that answer. And I really find that usually I believe the problem is mine. I don't know the right question to ask, you know, until, until I really understand things better. I've seen that a lot with uh, some of my friends and other early investors as well, where sometimes just not knowing the right question, but when you go to someone who's been through the whole, you know, the full systems, full spectrum of it, they're going to help, uh, I guess, be a little bit better at deciphering what you're really getting at. Yeah. That's actually the number one thing that happens with us, right? Is that we, it's kind of like our own internal joke is that like, like most people don't even know the question they should ask or how they should ask it. Right. So that's where it like comes in. If you've actually done um, both sides of the business, if you know how to make money in the business and they also know what's all the operational background when like the bookkeeping, the entity structuring, how do you close the deal? What does the contracts have to look like? All of that, those pieces to it. Then it's like, you just really have to know like, where are you at in the process? And once we can know like where you're at in the process and, and fill out a short quiz about like where you're at in this process, then we're like, okay, cool. Well, we already know what, what questions you're going to be asking us because we've done this a few thousand times. Yeah. And we also know what those answers are going to be and what the best practices are of a few, a few thousand other investors have done in your situation for your type of asset, whether it's single family, multifamily, et cetera. How much do you want to scale? What does that future look like? And that's like, great, here's your foundations. Here's how you're going to build as you grow. And that as the, the client grows, that's where we grow. And that's how we view right. our growth plan is growing concurrently with all of our, our member clients. No, I think that's awesome. It's amazing. I know we we talked for just uh, just briefly before we started recording, and we were talking a little bit about you know investment market now. And what are your thoughts? Because I get to ask this probably a couple times a day. Not just, I mean, both on the uh, residential just home purchase side for individuals, but also on the investing side. So what are your thoughts on investing right now in the times we're in now, the market being so crazy? Yeah. So let's just talk about the first myth around that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, This actually just happened to me with my own brother the other day. My own brother told me, I want to buy at the dip. And I was like, what are you talking about? What does that mean? You know, yeah. like, how are you going to know when it's a dip? You know, and how do you know that's not, you know, what, what do you, and so, I was, I, so the reason why I call that like an insane way of thinking is because that's not the way to think as a real estate investor, right? As a real estate investor, my, if you're on a real estate investor and you're looking for financial freedom, I should say, right into it, right? what you got to be thinking is long-term. You're buying the, the asset that you like, you know, into it, and that you're going to plan on holding it for seven to 10 years mm-hmm. in an ideal scenario, right? Um, and you plan on that because if you plan on holding the property for long enough, it doesn't matter if there's a short-term dip because your mortgage payment is covered by the rents. Rents aren't going to, doesn't, don't go down just because the, the made up number of whatever they think your house is worth went plus or minus 10% right. know, based on this dip, right? That it, whatever happens with it, right? So that's number one is if you're thinking about waiting because of a dip or whatever, it that that should not enter your mind as a sophisticated investor. Right. Number two, my opinion and the opinion of my investor colleagues, people that that I look up to, uh, in my own real estate investing, because I have my own mentors and my own own people that I aspire to be, and uh, with my own portfolio, 
those guys are all telling me the same thing. And when they all tell me the same thing, that's usually when I listen. I listen right. really bad. And here's what they're telling me. They're saying, Scott, what you're ending up in is a scenario here is where you have trillions of dollars that are getting released into the economy, both at an individual and corporate level, that we've never seen savings rates as high as they are right now. Well, savings rates being high as people are afraid to spend money. And so they're taking all that stimulus money in and they're hoarding it, right? So when will the stimulus money actually fully get unleashed into the economy? We're already seeing this now, by the way. We're seeing the first trickle of it now because right. people are starting to feel safe because of vaccines. Mm -hmm. So once people actually get, everybody gets fully vaccinated and people are getting back to work and businesses are actually starting to go back to normal, now everybody's going to feel safe and you're going to see all of that influx of money into the economy at that point, right? Mm -hmm. So they're doing this intentionally to intentionally overcook the economy because they're afraid of a recession. So what does that mean for us? That means asset prices across the board are all going to increase and that the, the levels that we're seeing now are actually new normals. So uh, long-term, what this looks like is we go back to normal because of vaccines. Money now is pouring back into the economy. Asset prices are now increasing. Asset prices increasing also mean rents will increase proportionally as the asset prices go up over time and real wages then have to rise to be able to, uh, to meet now what is going to be an inflated dollar right? Getting into real estate now, though, is the most amazing opportunity you could do. Because not only are you buying something now that you're guaranteed your rents are going to increase just by market forces that are much bigger than anything else we've ever seen before, but also all of your debt repayment on your mortgage is paid with cheaper dollars because you're right. going to be paying them back with future inflated dollars from the bigger rents. So there's nothing you could do that's a better investment right now because your rents are going to go up and the money that you're using to pay off the asset that you bought is going to be cheaper. Exactly. Exactly. I think I, you, you just explained it a lot better than I do, I think, to, to a lot of my clients. But that's huge. And people lose sight of that, especially when you said the hold to seven to 10 years. I have a lot of military clients and they think some of them are even buying essentially... Um, investment properties with a VA loan with no money down. So if they get say a fourplex and they're living in one and renting the other three, it's it's like the perfect situation. And then they're worried about certain things like, well, will it, what if it's, uh, you know, property prices go down, X, Y, Z, and like your rents aren't going down. If you do, you know, what if I have to transfer? Well, if you have to transfer, you're putting another renter in there and then you're, you know, cash flowing even more. And even if you weren't, you have zero money into it. So the fact that someone's even paying that mortgage is phenomenal. And it, it really is. And that just the prices are not going anywhere. I know Texas is really, because you're in Texas, I believe, right? Around the Austin area. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah Austin, Texas. Yeah. So you guys are growing like crazy. Um, here in San Diego, prices are, are just not slowing down at all. So, you know, we've got people who, who purchased homes, just even as their personal property six months ago, that are now up $75,000. You know, if you're going by the, you know, appraised values now, some, some of them even more in certain areas and it's just insane. So as you said, if people are waiting for the dip, I think they're just going to continue to be priced out of the market in a sense. And then, yeah. and then the money's going to be more expensive. Yeah. Money's going to be, cause the rates are going to go up. It has to go up and yeah. it's going to be more expensive to, to uh, leverage anything as well. Yeah. To give you a feel of what it actually like, what it, the, the words that I'm hearing from people is gold rush. It's a gold rush. You find assets, you buy the asset. Mm -hmm. like they're, they're just buying assets all over the place. And it fits like even the basic criteria of what a decent asset looks like. Right. They're like buy it. And just yeah. give me all the assets I can possibly get. Give me all the cash I can get and let me buy as many assets as I possibly can. Absolutely. As I get into it. So 
And any other time I would say, this is insane. Don't operate <laughs> that way. Right. But like during at this time period, it's like the, the, the tidal wave of cash that's going to, is coming into the economy is going to force all of this, uh, all of this appreciation yeah. um, into it. And in that it's, you're in a unique time where it's almost like you're going to the casino and you can't lose, you know? Right. I, I like that too. I wish, I wish all times were like that for me in the casino, but in the casino don't get along quite quite that way but it's all right it's all right we still have real estate right yeah, <laughs> so that'll sure. make up for it yeah <laughs> well what do you do you see any certain i guess any certain type of investments being better during this time or do you feel like multifamily single family all these things are still going to be proportionately growing through this time or do you think one will outperform the other more than I, that's really crystal ball, right? Like, yeah. kind of stuff, right. I typically try to stay away from anything that's a crystal ball because that comes into like everybody's personal analysis of what their belief systems work like on like things that they can't really predict, right? Right. I'd say like if you're a beginning investor though and just starting off, just start the way that beginning investors do. You know, yeah. like beginning investors start off buying single family homes typically and trying to get like, okay, what's the best debt? service financing I can get to get accustomed with that. Right. You're going to know as an investor, like when you're tired, you're going to get bored of single family homes. Mm-hmm. You're going to want some more juice because that's part of the game, right? It's like, right. you know, a little bit, you're going to want that more juice. And that's when you go into apartment complexes and multifamily commercial, that kind of range. But I'd say for everybody right now, I'd say the best place to go is just going to be buying up those single family homes. The ones that you feel strong about that mm-hmm. are the ones that are like, looks like the majority of people are trying to rent right in your area. That could be a different price points, but look for the ones that are mainstream. Don't try to go right. buy that $10 million, one $10 million home, yeah. buy like a ton of like $150,000 homes. Right. Right. Those are the ones that people are going to be renting. You're going to have renters. So they're going to be yeah. easy to get in, right? They're going to have jobs. They're going to want to get into those. And then you're going to want to take those assets as you acquire them and then put them into the right structure. So that way they're protected, that you're optimizing your taxes and that you have your estate planning done correctly um, to be able to pass it to to your heirs or your children if anything happens to you. Right, right. I, I feel like uh, with choosing those properties as well, I always try to tell people, especially in the beginning, to, to use common sense. Like what do you, as you said, what do you feel is going to be a good investment? You know, if it's an area that is always popular, then cool. It may, you know, it's going to be good. It's going to continue doing well in a city like San Diego. If you're central and you have access to freeways, you're good, you know, is, is kind of the bottom line, but also just paying attention to where growth is coming. So when, you know, for instance, the city is pushing uh, trolley lines, you know, it's a big, you know, trying to do some more transit, mass transit here in San Diego. So if there are places of trolley lines going, being able to buy in front of that, you know, if you're just paying attention to what's going on or where they're trying to redevelop areas and kind of get into it before it is the next popular thing, you know, again, just the common sense stuff, I think just really, really helps out. And you don't have to, as you said, don't have to go the big dollars, just kind of go for the base hits. You know, if you're looking for the base hits, sometimes those will be doubles and triples. But if you're always trying to swing for something big, you know, it, I think you can get disappointed a lot more uh, <laughs> going that route. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the guys that I see that are the consistent, the guy that the of the 2000 clients that we work with across the country, the, the, the people that we see making it right and actually achieving financial freedom are the ones that are just focused on the boring stuff. Right. If, just the boring based hits and they just do it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all they're doing. And it, and you look at it and you'd be like, that's not anything amazing. But I was like, yeah, but what's amazing is the consistency. Yeah. Is that they're consistent with doing the work to reviewing the deals to like mm-hmm. seeing, putting in offers 
on things, right? And then right. that is actually what is what we should all be praising. And we should all be saying like, that's actually what make, is cool. And that's the thing that we should shoot for is who can be most consistent, not who has like the flashiest one-off deal that paid them off 10 billion percent, right? right. That's like just something like showing your, fr- your, your guy friends, you know, like, hey, look how cool this is, you right. know? But that's not actually the path to financial freedom, not to durable financial freedom that's going to be lasting and predictable. Right. Well, speaking of lasting, let's talk a little bit about protecting those then. I know this is something and I I was really excited to uh, get to talk to you on here today because I do get a lot of questions on exactly this, protecting uh, the assets. And uh, quite a few of our, our clients are also, you know, being military. They start out building their portfolio by just purchasing homes at the different duty stations they're in. So their first investments may be six different homes in four different states. So there are certain hurdles with that, you know, both with management of the properties, uh, having the right people to take care of them when they're not around. So all that long distance stuff does, you know, become a little bit of a time burden if it's not set up really well. But what about the protection side of that working in multiple states and just making sure they're taken care of financially? Yeah, the best thing to use on the protection side of things is a a series LLC. Um, So LLC structures work that like such that like, hey, you know, if Jay gets sued, they can't get to Jay's LLC that owns all of his assets, right? In an ideal world, Jay shouldn't know anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Like Jay should only be, you could sue Jay all day long and Jay'd say, great, good luck. Like, I I don't have anything for you to come after here because it all belongs to Jay's asset holding company. His stocks, his cash, his real estate all belongs to that asset holding company, which is a separate LLC. Real estate investors need a series LLC and a series LLC is special. Um, just like a normal LLC where you have to file with the secretary of state to create the LLC, you still got to do that with a series LLC. But what's special about the series LLC is it can produce what are called child series underneath it, right? So think of it as like a parent and a child. So you have one parent that's filed with the state and it can have an unlimited number of children underneath it. Um, those children are created for free. There's no additional filing you have to do and it's infinitely scalable at no additional cost. And then you can park one property inside of each individual uh, child series such that if there's a lawsuit against that one property, they can't go after any of the other properties and they can't go after Jay personally, right? So it limits your risk of what can happen with any one of your assets um, into it. Now, if you combine that strategy with a land trust strategy, you can actually own everything anonymously. Um, You're going to be able to Uh, avoid any foreign entity registrations. And no matter where you own properties, you can hold them all inside of a single series LLC, right? So a lot of people I know, um, everybody wants to use that strategy. Mm -hmm. And so what that looks like is you take the property and you deed the property into a land trust. So the property is located at 123 Main Street, Uh you deed it into the 123 Main Street Trust. Now that's a blind trust. Anybody looking at it can't find out who the heck actually owns that trust. Any contact information associated with that trust pulls back to a law firm, which is further protected by the attorney-client privilege. And so anybody says, well, what assets did Jay own? Says, you can't sue Jay. He doesn't even own anything. He doesn't even own any companies that owns anything. You can't find out any information about him to say, hey, is this person a good person to sue or not? And guess what? If you look like you qualify for food stamps, people don't come out and try to sue you. Yeah, that's for sure. For sure. No, I love that. And does it matter? So if you have these properties in multiple states, does it matter where that initial LLC, the series LLC is, or does it matter? Yeah. Uh, 
It does. Okay. It does. Yeah. You have to form a lot of people are like LLCs. You'll hear everybody online talk about LLCs as if they're all the same. And that's right. not the case. What you have to look for is what LLCs have charging order protection. Those are okay. actually the LLCs that are actually strong. And those exist in Delaware, Texas, Nevada, and Wyoming. And so out of all of those four, you can form series LLCs in any one of those four states. Um, I like to use Texas because Texas doesn't have any annual fees. So mm-hmm. it's just a little bit of a cost savings using Texas for that. So let's say you had, you know, eight different states that you own property in. Uh-huh. And you say, hey, I, I want to form a Texas series LLC because I heard Scott talk about that. And I want that great charging order protection. I want the compartmentalization of the assets. So that way, if any property is sued, they can't go after any of my other properties. They can't come after me. Well, how the heck am I actually going to get all of these properties in the other states inside of a Texas series LLC? And the way you do it is through that magical land trust that I was telling you before. It's not magical. It's just a, a type of revocable, uh, uh, what's called a revocable grantor trust that happens uh-huh. on a piece of land. So we call it a land trust. Um, but when we move the asset, let's say in Kentucky uh, uh-huh. to inside of the land trust, then the land trust documentation will say that it's in turn owned by the child series of the series LLC. So from the bottom of the top, you'd have property A. Property A is owned by land trust A. Land Trust A is owned by Child Series A, and the Child Series A is owned by the parent. And same thing with the second property. Property B is owned by Land Trust B. Land Trust B is owned by Child Series B. Child Series B is in turn owned by the parent. Because the properties are structured into a trust, you avoid the due on sale clause, so you can have all the existing mortgage in place. You can move the property into effectively into your Series LLC by moving into the Land Trust because of the ownership structure that we just went through. Because the property is being moved into a land trust, the series LLC doesn't have to be registered in Kentucky because it, the, technically the Texas series LLC isn't doing business in Kentucky. The land trust is doing business in Kentucky and the land trust doesn't have any registration requirement. So we're able to avoid all kinds of fees and complications that would come from owning properties in multiple states by doing this strategy because at the end of the day, all of the taxes flow through the entity as a disregarded entity. It's as if it doesn't exist for tax purposes. We don't have to do anything in all of these other states. We only have to maintain one entity in the state of Texas. We can do everything through one bank account because it's one series LLC, as long as our accounting records uh, classify or tag the income and expenses to the individual property, which is a very simple process inside of your QuickBooks or your property management software to say, great, what are the income and expenses associated with each property? And boom, your life is incredibly simple. It's exactly the same as if it were right now and you didn't do anything with Mm -hmm. any of the entity structuring. It all runs in the background of your life and your effective day-to-day or month-to-month that you do stays exactly the same. And it's everything is the same to your accountant at the end of the year when they're filing your taxes. That's insane. I mean, it, when you break it down like that, it seems super simple. <laughs> but again, you had to do all the research to to, to figure that out um, because there's so much. We, we talk about this a lot on the show too. There's so much information out there now. Information is so accessible, but also bad information is accessible. You know, so people really have to dig through and vet a lot of the information. I shouldn't even say, and I don't mean to say that all info, info that isn't this or, you know, a certain way is bad, but there are a lot of variables that people have to dig through and sometimes just grasp on one thing and it may not be the best thing for them in the long run, but it, it's, it's tough. It's a lot of stuff. I just learned a ton in that little bit, just talking there. How about, how does this play into, say, a, a setup like you just uh, described, how does that play into taxes? Like what are the tax simplifications with using a series LLC and if you have properties in multiple states? Yeah, so all of the taxes are will stay exactly the same as as if you owned them in your personal name. 
Okay. So gotcha. for it's with, with the way that we set up these entity structures are treated as what's called a disregarded entity, mm-hmm. which means for IRS purposes, we treat them as if they don't exist, right? Okay. They come into it. They provide all the legal protection, but it's as if they don't exist for the tax. Now I run into some clients who are like, well, I want further tax advantages, right? That mm-hmm. come into this. Well, there's things that you can do with that depending upon how you're running your business, right? Uh-huh. So one of the things that we'll do for people is say, well, great. You have an asset holding company here with your series LLC and it's generating all the rents and holding all of the all the properties inside of it, right? But you might also want to consider and for tax and personal protection as a, a completely separate traditional LLC, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. That completely separate traditional LLC helps protect you personally. So that way people can't um, sue you for any emails that you're sending, contracts you're entering into, et cetera, such that if they were successful, even if they couldn't take your assets, they could damage your credit score, which gotcha. is what happens if you get sued and you have no assets, it goes to against your credit score. And we all know as like a real estate investor, our credit score is actually an asset. It's our access right. to capital. So we have to protect that. Right. So if you have that separate operating LLC, it helps protect you from that kind of lawsuit. Uh-huh. It can also double down as a tax savings vehicle because you can choose for that LLC to be taxed as an S corporation. So if you're having to pay any type of self-employment tax or other taxes associated with that, you can take that income and run it through your S corporation. And then when now it's run through your S corporation, you pay a little bit in social security and FICO tax, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That come with that, but you avoid the big self-employment tax. So you end up with like about a 10%, a 10% off of your taxable rate, which is usually about 30% of your taxes total right? By running it through that S corporation. Now with that S corporation, it also gives you all kinds of other things you can do. Like, well, maybe I want to um, not pay tax on this money and I want to put it into my own retirement account. Well, you can set up something that's called a solo 401k, which is your own retirement account that you control, you can manage, you can buy real estate with it. You can do anything you want with it. You can loan yourself back personally the money. There's a few types of assets and a few types of prohibited transactions. Um, that you can't do, but most the, most all of our clients never really run any anywhere close to running a foul of that. But that allows you to save up to fifty seven thousand dollars a year from paying tax on it. Mm-hmm. So not only if you want to take the money out and you want to have it personally to be able to use for your personal purposes, great. We can run it through the S corporation and save you, save you on the self employment tax, right? If that's a problem for you. So then, well, I don't want to pay tax on it at all. Great, let's push it into a retirement account. Let that retirement account then go buy the assets, and you can build up your retirement funds. Well, what happens if I need the money? Cool, we'll have the retirement account loan you the money. Um, up to 50% of the value of that you've contributed into the retirement account. So that way you can have the cash if you need it, but you never had to pay tax on it. And that's the, those are the different layers of strategy that we build into a structure that gives you flexibility with whatever you're doing with your life. There's a tax optimized way uh, for us to be able to treat the money. Wow. Okay. That is that's pretty amazing right there. Yeah, I'm just a little bit speechless right now. I couldn't take notes quickly enough. So I'll have to go back and listen to this. We've actually, I've actually produced videos on royallegalsolutions.com that walk through the full, it's an hour and 40 minutes. And it walks through all the strategies we do. How do they work? How do all the the flow of the money work? The taxes, like everything on there. So don't think you have to get everything right now because we have all of those videos. They're all recorded and they're all on our website for at the at royallegalsolutions.com for people to view. Because my view at the founding of the company was to share all the information, all the strategies, like right. give it to somebody and say, hey, listen, you could rip off my entire business and you you could use any attorney you wanted to if they actually knew how to, to yeah. execute all of the things that we do. But I'm going to share with everybody all the strategies and all the information. We just put them right there on the web. And it's, and it's under the Academy tab, correct? 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 I, I kind of was digging in there a little bit last week, just to check, uh, poking around, but I've got to go back and uh, spend a little more time there. But yeah, no, that's amazing. And, yeah. you know, and I love that philosophy too. That's what we kind of do with anything we're doing is like, we'll share any of the info and, you know, we just want everybody to do well and it's, it'll all come back anyway. So if anything, I think that it's cool because it gives people a little bit more idea, like looking at what I did even last week, just looking at some of that, it, it just gives you more idea what is possible. And then the great part is once you understand what can be done and how much of a benefit it could be, they can just reach out to you and say, Hey, can you uh, basically just reach out and have it done for you? Right. Or, uh, yeah, we have done three options. We also have other options where we can help you set it up if you want. Mm -hmm. Um, to go that route. We always tell people and what we recommend is that it's never too early to start the conversation because just right. by going to the royallegalsolutions.com and starting to look at those videos or taking the quiz is really the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we have people set up to take that quiz, that quiz actually profiles out uh, against all of the benchmarks that we use for the other 2000 investors. So right. from that quiz alone, we're going to be able to see where are you at? What type of investor are you? And then we produced 11 books last year and over 30 instructional videos specifically mm-hmm. on on what strategies people are implementing, why, and how does it work? So that way, just from the quiz alone, and without ever giving us a dollar, we can say, here's the resources that are going to be most valuable to you for where you're at in the journey right now. And great, as you learn more and you're ready to then make decisions, I'm like, man, this is my future. I am moving forward in this direction. Great, now it makes sense for us to partner in business together Uh uh, for us to be able to help you, help guide you on the back end and make sure that you don't make any uh, missteps and help make sure that all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed with all the best practices that we've seen from the other uh, 2000 plus investors that we work with. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. A, that's a huge service to people. And, uh, and I think the more education, I, I feel like people, the more easily they can obtain some of the education, the more they want and the better they want to do. So putting it out there where people don't feel as we both seen, there's a lot of stuff out there that is really just, you know, get started. It's just enough to ask you to purchase the next thing and next thing. But, but I think it is really important. I love the decision to just share all this stuff because people are going to need your help. You know, you're not going to be out of business ever. You know, people are going to need that help. You know, it, it, I know I would like, I could understand, I could think I could understand things so well, and I'm going to need help doing it. You know, it's just not my, that's just, it's not my world, you know, but uh, I love that. What about with an LLCs that are already, let's say people are investing with a partner and they have a, you know, like a, let's just say simply a 50, 50 partner in LLC. And would the structures be very similar or the same, or is it just come down to accounting as the difference? Yeah, it, it's essentially all the same structures, right? Okay. The same best practices in terms of overall structuring is going to be the same determined by um, the location of the individuals, the location of the app and the location of the assets and the type of the assets. Fundamentally, that's what we're looking for is like our initial okay. jumping off point, right? Right. And then talk about like, how are we going to do that with partnerships? Well, that has to do with like, how do we structure in the partnership agreements, right? Gotcha. And, structuring. Um, so all of those pieces are custom. So I'd say about like 90% of what we do is, hey, here's a best practice that's pretty much the same for everybody. What's your 10% that's different mm-hmm. about you that we need to structure differently around, right? And that, in my mind, is always the right approach. Okay. So you never want something that's totally custom. You never want something that's totally out of the box, right? You need to have that place where there's that individual treatment for your particular path forward. Okay. Awesome. And, and one thing, because I, something I haven't really looked in into much, and I just kind of want to touch on is like you said, the little bit of the estate planning side, can you give maybe a couple ideas or things that people should definitely be paying attention to on, and that aspect? 
Yeah. So especially if you're a real estate investor, the estate planning becomes uh, important to have done because the number one thing you want to avoid is having the assets go through a probate process, that probate court process. So if you have just a basic will put in place or you have nothing at all put in place, that all goes through probate. And what that means now is all of the assets could potentially be tied up into a court proceeding where they nobody can control the assets, especially if it's contested about who is supposed to get what or who deserves what out of that estate, right? And now all of the assets and who they go to are all public, thus making whoever inherited the assets a potential target, right? right. For, for lawsuits or any number of things that we've seen happen there. So the best thing to do for your estate plan is actually to structure something called a living trust in conjunction with a will. Right, so you'll have both. You have a trust and a will. What your trust does is it gives you um, a document that will allow you to completely bypass probate with all of your assets. Right, so that means from day one, everybody who is supposed to inherit can control the assets, can make the mortgage payments, pay the insurance, pay the pay everything they need to, collect all the money they need to, and say, great, nothing's going to happen with these assets because they got caught up in a court proceeding and nobody can touch them. Right. right? That's what you don't want to have happen. That's what happens if you go into probate. So you need to have it inside of a living trust. So that way all the assets stay protected. They also stay anonymous because they're not mm-hmm. going through the probate process. So you're able to help protect whoever inherited those assets. And in conjunction with that living trust, we always have a will because guess what? You're going to forget to put things inside of the living trust or you're going to decide that it's just not simply worth the time to put my clothing for example, inside of the trust, right? right? So it's like, great. Well, that will will then clean up everything to say, hey, everything that we didn't put into the trust, pour it into the trust, and then just distribute it the whatever way the trust says. But the trust should own all of the major assets. So that way those stay protected, they pass immediately and they stay anonymous. Wow, okay. I definitely learned a lot today for sure. I'm kind of lagging in that and this uh, estate planning portion. So I'll get hot on that as well. Thanks for uh, pointing out what, I, uh, what I'm lacking at. I appreciate it, man. Uh, no, that's awesome. Is there anything else that absolutely we should bring up? I think the only other thing that I would say is a lot of people are wondering about like what costs look like and yeah, when is the right the time to take action on these things, right? My philosophy into it is to take action now with having a conversation. Maybe not put dollars into play right? But Mm -hmm. it's never too early to start the conversation, getting more resources, getting educated and starting to form the relationship to see, can we trust each other? Right. For each other and actually, and actually helping each other into it. Right. So let's first see if we can get that done and let's do that today. Right. And all you have to do to do that is go to royallegalsolutions.com and take the, take the quiz on the page. And that's how we start that conversation of being able to pair you with the right information to start building that trust and relationship. The second thing people typically want to know about is like, what does all this stuff cost? And gosh, does it seem complicated? The complicated part of it is one of the things that we take off your plate. So it's our job to educate you through the process. So that way you can feel confident and knowing like, great, this all makes sense to me. But then we also take care of all of the execution, all of the maintenance and are guiding you of what you need to do. So you actually don't have to understand it to our level to be able to do it, right? Because that's what we're in the support function for you on. Um, And we do that for all of our clients on an unlimited basis at no additional cost. So you're not going to get into a place where it's like, oh, this is complicated and I have to pay for all this help. No, no, no. We include, we take that uh, that risk off the table by saying we're going to, to offer that for you at an unlimited basis at no additional cost to you. And the thing is, like, well, do, do I have enough for me to get started now? Well, all we're talking about is having a conversation right. and starting that relationship. So wherever level you're at, you have enough for to get started and forming the relationship and seeing does this make sense. 
But how much is it going to cost if I want to execute? Because this stuff sounds amazing. Is this going to be like $30,000 to get it executed? And that's, it's not the case, right? So what we are is we're targeted to be able to help the average real estate investor that's mm -hmm. out there. And we can start at whatever level. So even under $1,000, right, to just start the uh, initial structuring of just the basic building blocks of whether that's going to be anonymity or a single LLC or whatever that might be. Right. And because we know that as you grow, we're going to grow together with that. And that's where we're looking to be able to form the relationship. And that's what we're really targeting and say, hey, we want to grow with all of our clients. So okay. no matter whether you're like, hey, I got 40 properties and I have some LLC structuring, but I need to all clean it up. Or if you're at the very beginning of the process, there's a right way to start. So to start learning what are the right habits around wealth building? What are the best practices that the real estate investors and that Royal Legal Solutions community are using? And I can start small and I can build over time if I want. Well, shoot, I'm excited now. So I'll be uh, I'll be knocking this out and getting getting started on that, get that estate planning done. And I need to definitely watch these videos so I know better what questions to ask you, but I need to uh, get a few, I think uh, make a few moves on some of mine as well. I did not realize all the potentials that were there. <laughs> to do it at all, not even close. Yeah. So I thought I was doing pretty well, but but I think yeah. I, I think I need to uh, I need a few tweaks there, man. So uh, I'm sure I'm going to be hitting you up probably in the next week after yeah. I try to figure out a little bit more of this. Well, but, yeah, best best thing to do, Jay, is is for you and for everybody is if you just go to that website, the Royal Legal yeah. and take the quiz to it. My staff will actually reach out to you the same day or the next day and Perfect. help you with the accountability of like, okay, cool. What are the next steps that you need to do? And because that's what we view our role. Our role, mm -hmm. is, we're not a goal. Our role isn't to like, hey, we want to make millions of dollars this year. Our goal yeah. that I talk to my staff every single day is how many people are we helping? Yeah. And how are we helping them? How many people are joining our community that we have coming into it? And so that's what we're looking for. That's the initial place to say, hey, great, you know, come in take the quiz, let us being able to start preparing you with that right information. You don't have to do it on your own. You don't even have to find it on your own on the website. We'll actually tell you it's on this page. This is the thing you're looking for if you just right. have that conversation. Well, and speaking of your staff reaching out and stuff, I have to say my dealings with your staff so far, just in getting set up for this, it's amazing. Such good communication. They really are very pleasant and will reach out. Communication's great. And that's not always the case with everything. And I mean, I just want to kind of compliment Thanks, them for that's that because here. we don't, we don't always see that, you know what I mean? And we, well, I think most people try to be that way, but it, but it's a little tougher to have that good communication when you're running a, you know, running a lot of stuff through there than what people sometimes realize. And it's been great just dealing with your staff. So thanks for that. Thanks, Jay. Yeah. That's great to hear. Absolutely. Well, Scott, thank you. I don't want to take up more of your time. You've given me plenty to think about and I'll be talking to you soon. But as Scott said before, just go to royallegalsolutions.com to take a look at it. Or if you have other questions for Scott, I'm sure you can go straight through there or go to expertishpodcast.com and we'll have a link and we'll have some info for Scott there. So thanks for listening and we will talk to you later.